0: I want to share with you a story. When I was about, I don't know, I guess 14 years old, right when it began to be time for mowing season at the, uh, the beginning of spring, my dad came home one Friday evening, I'll never forget it, and he had um, with him by, behind his truck on a trailer a 60-inch cut, craftsman riding lawnmower. And... Um, Whenever we saw him pull into the house, that was a happy day around the Price household. Let me tell you why. Because until that time, when we mowed our grass, we always mowed with a push lawnmower. And we had a lot of grass to mow. We lived right beside my grandmother. And so we would not only mow our grass, but we would mow her grass. And so there was about two, two and a half acres of grass that got mowed but when we mowed it we did it with a 24 inch push line mower. so when we got a 60 inch riding line mower, you talking about life changing it was like christmas around the price household i mean we and for several reasons number one we knew that uh, we no longer had to push that yard which was really good for me and my brothers and my dad uh, but also it provided for me as a 14 year old boy a way to make some extra money and really gave me my first summer job, you know, while I was off school that summer uh, for summer vacation, I got some yards to mow and my mom was a bus driver. And so what she would do was she would pull the, the lawnmower on a trailer to wherever I was mowing grass and drop me off with the lawnmower. And then she'd go do what she had to do during the day, buy groceries or pay bills, run errands, do whatever. And then she'd come back by and pick me up. And I probably had, I don't know, five, six yards that summer. And for the first month and a half, I absolutely loved it, because I had my own money. I could do with that money. Mom and Dad told me I could, you know, spend the money how I wanted to, and, and I did. And man, I enjoyed, I was enjoying life and um, and having a good time with all that. And then after about a month and a half, it got old. I mean, it got really old. I, and I went to my dad, and, and I told him, I said, Dad, I am sick of cutting grass. I mean, when you're used to spending your summer vacation hanging out with buddies and and, um, and and going swimming and doing all the things that kids do during summer vacation. And then you're not doing that and everybody else is. Well, you kind of feel like you're missing out a little bit. And that's kind of how I got to feeling. And, and I got sick and tired of mowing grass. It was hot work. It's hard work. Y'all know how it is. And I went and I said, Dad, you know, I, I'm sick of doing this. And my dad said something to me I'll never forget, man. It, it, and it's really been a blessing to me. Um, ever since, and and let me just say this before we go any further. How many of you know that my father, I I never realized how intelligent my father was until I got older. I mean, I never even realized how smart this man really was and is until I growed up, and then I, now, especially since I've got kids of my own, I really see how smart the man was and, and how smart he is. And let me just say to you young people this morning, before we go further in this message, if you've got a father who loves Jesus and loves you, listen to him. If you've got a mother and a father who serves Jesus and loves you, who follows Jesus and teaches you to follow Jesus, listen to them. Now I know you think you know everything. I used to be there too. I used to think the same thing, but I can promise you there is a lot you can learn from a godly man and woman who love you, and they're telling you what they're telling you for a reason. And that reason is they want God's best for you. Can you say me and mom's and dad's We want our best for our children, and we've been where they are, and we have made bad decisions and learned from them. So listen to people who love Jesus and people who love you, people who follow Jesus and teach you to follow Jesus. Listen to them. And for a long time, I didn't realize the importance of really paying attention and listening to my dad. You know, Again, I was an arrogant, prideful kid that thought he had it all figured out and didn't need any advice. And so, and as I've grown older, though, I began to realize, man, dad was right on a lot of stuff. So I go to him and I say, dad, I want to quit mowing grass. I'm I'm sick of it. Man, I'm done with it. And, And he said this. He said, son, the things that are beneficial to us usually take a lot of work. And I, man, that I have found that to be true in every area of my life. How about you? Let's put it to the test. Think about marriage for a moment. Um, Other than my relationship to Jesus, the most beneficial relationship I have in this world is is my marriage between me and and my wife. The scripture says this. The scripture says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And I can say a big amen to that because I have found a good thing. I have a woman who loves Jesus with all her heart. And because she loves Jesus with all her heart, she knows how to love her husband and how to love her children. And she does a magnificent job of doing both. She is a homemaker who makes our home well, uh, does a great job there taking care of me and them youngins. She is a fantastic mother to her children. Uh, She works outside the home as an educator, influencing young people, for the kingdom of God, I am so thankful for her. She works in this church with me and partners with me. She respects me and loves me as her pastor and as her husband. I, I couldn't be more thankful for my wife. And I'm going to tell you, we've got a great marriage. But, and, and, but I've come to find out, yeah, listen, we'll have a perfect marriage because there's no such thing as a perfect marriage, can you see me in? As long as you have imperfect people, you'll never have a perfect marriage. But I've learned you can have a great marriage. You can certainly have a great marriage. But to have a great marriage, listen folks, it takes a lot of work. It takes work daily. It's not always easy. I've told you before and I know it to be true. I know there have been times in our marriage where my wife didn't feel like loving me and didn't even want to love me. There have been days when she didn't uh, want to love me but made the choice to love me. And I know there have been times in our marriage where I've had to extend grace to her and she's had to extend grace to me where needed. I know that, that there have been times in our, in our lives where we've went through some things that, that that were tough and it took work to work it out. You know, I, And I've seen that over and over And over again. And I've come to find out usually what we need to do, uh, as as I've been in this a little while now, we need to do the little things consistently. Can you say amen? See, a lot of times what we miss out on, especially men do this, we think we can just treat our wives however they, we want to treat them and talk to them however we want to talk to them. And then one time out of the year at Christmas time, we'll buy them a diamond ring or we'll take them somewhere on vacation nice or we'll do something nice for, for their anniversary. That just makes up for everything. But let me tell you something, guys. I've come to find out what your wife wants. And needs. It's not for you to do one big thing one time a year, but do the little things consistently throughout the year. If you believe it, say amen. Consistently do the little things, and I've come to see that the little things really are the big things. Every day doing those things that make a difference. Just yesterday, if, um, and let me let me set this up just a moment. Last week, I went out to the fire pit because that's my place. That's where I go to be alone. That's where I go to talk to the Lord. That's where I go to a lot of times prepare a message. That's where I go just to sit around do nothing around the fire and enjoy myself. And I was out there around the fire pit, and I took my wife's lighter with me. She always keeps a lighter in the kitchen to light her candles with throughout the, ca- throughout the house. And she told me last week, she said, "Uh, honey, what'd you do with my lighter? And I began to think, I could not remember what I did with that lighter. I went outside and looked for the lighter, couldn't find it anywhere. And she said, well, I need a new lighter. And so yesterday we finished up with my daughter's cheerleading banquet, went went by the convenience store that was right there near the church where it was held at, got us all something to drink. And while I was standing up there at the counter, I saw these lighters uh, there that had the big long wick on them, just like my my wife's lighter that I took outside and lost. And so I picked one up, and it didn't cost me $2.20. Went back to the car, gave the uh, bag to my wife. She was handing out the drinks around the car to all the kids. And she looked at me, and she said, you got me a lighter. Man, her eyes just lit up. I said, yeah, you said you needed one. She said, I love you so much. And I thought, wow, that's all it takes? (laughs) So I went back in and bought 10 more lighters. No, I didn't, but I thought about it. I thought about doing it. But, but I've I seen there, really what she wants me to do is think about her. You know, little things consistently. Guys, I want to say from experience, I, I've not always done that like I should. And Anytime you go in a convenience store, whether your wife says she wants a drink or a snack or not, get her a drink. And a snack and bring it back. You say, brother, what if she don't drink it? It don't matter. It ain't but $2, believe me. It's $2 is a lot better to, to spend that and waste it than to go through the heartache you're about to go through. So just <laughs> get the drink. Get them a bag of chips. If they don't need it, that's all right. You'll do something with it. Marriage takes work. Marriage takes dedication, communication, compromise, loyalty. It takes respect, honoring one another. But it takes work doing those things daily. Is is marriage beneficial? Yes, absolutely. And anything that's beneficial usually takes work. What about parenting? My three greatest blessings call me dad. I'm thankful for my babies, man. I love them with everything in me. So proud of them. Man, kids make your life full and fun. I mean, they do. And I'm thankful for the blessing of my children. But I want to tell you something. Parenting is the toughest job you'll ever love. It truly is. It's tough. Man, there's work at it. because Or work to it. Because the thing is, folks, um, a lot of times as moms and dads, we've got to make decisions that our kids don't like. And I wish that wasn't the case, but it is. And we got to tell them no when... A lot of other parents are saying yes. And we've got to raise up a standard in our home. Let me tell you why. Because that's our responsibility. How many of you know, parents, you are the parent for a reason? Your children don't need more friends. They need a parent. Can you be friendly with your children? Absolutely. I want to be. I want to be best friends with my kids. I try to be. I want to have a good time with them anytime I can. But I want to tell you something. I want them to understand and know. I want them to realize I'm more than a friend, I'm their dad. And first and foremost, my responsibility is to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That means I raise up a standard in my home and I correct to that standard. Amen. And that's not always easy. Sometimes that is very difficult, especially when you've got differences in children. It is absolutely amazing to me. I've got three kids that were raised under the same roof, loved the same way. Um, They were raised up under the same standard. Uh, and, and all what was expected of one was expected of another. And that's all the same, but they are different as daylight and dark. And I've come to find out one of the hardest things to do as a father is learn how to speak to each child individually. Learn how to encourage each child individually. Because they are so different, I've got to speak to them differently. I have to encourage them differently. I have to discipline them sometimes differently. amazing but the thing is a lot of what happens in parenting it's trial and error (laughs) and a lot of times i just go to my kids say look man i'm sorry i blew it in this because we don't we don't know all that we need to know this is a learning process and it's good moms and dads to sometimes just go to your kids when you blow it and say look i blew it I dropped the ball here, and I'm sorry. Let me tell you what that teaches them. First of all, that teaches them that it's okay. Well, it's not okay, but now listen to me. It's not okay to make a mistake. I don't ever want to make a mistake. I want to do my best in whatever I'm doing, but I want to say this. All of us in the flesh are going to make mistakes, and when we do, they need to see they need to make it right. So a lot of times I just say to them, man, I, I dropped the ball here. I'm sorry. I blew it in this. Parenting, it's tough. Is it beneficial? yes. But it's tough. It takes some work sometimes. What about church? Is that beneficial to you? What about church? Is that beneficial to you? Yeah. Amen. Hope so. Hope so. Hope what you receive here helps you to go out and live in a way that, that Christ is pleased. I'm all about motivating. I like, to, I like to motivate and I like to be motivated. But I want this to be more than just a pep rally. Can you say amen? has to be more than just a pep rally. What we do in here needs to change our lives out there. And so I want want what we're doing right here to be discipleship. Teaching followers of Christ to be just that. Follow Christ. How to do it. That's what these services like this is about. That's what Sunday school is about. That's what small groups are about. That's what every uh, plan and program and ministry that we have is about. It's about reaching out to people and teaching them to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want that in our church. Is it beneficial? Yes. Yes. But it takes work. It takes work among the brethren. and We got some people who work, and I'm so thankful for you. I mean, those of you who worked last week with the Operation Christmas Child shoebox drop-off ministry that we have here, doesn't it take a little work to do that? Be here and pack those boxes and do the things you need to do. Yeah, it takes work to make that ministry effective. We had some guys here for the last two weeks working on, after we got in our new sanctuary, man, they've been working on sound and lighting. And last night, I know they were here till about, I don't know, uh, 8.30, probably 9 o'clock. I've been here pretty much all day yesterday getting service ready today with, with all the things that came in this week. And so, hey, praise God for those who are willing to work and serve. You are making a difference in the body of Christ. Praise God for you. We had some guys come together this last weekend and do a father-son campout. Man, went out there and just enjoyed some good fellowship together. Hey, talked about Jesus around a campfire. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Had church out there in the middle of the woods. Fantastic, man. I love doing stuff like that. I love enjoying life together. How many of you know that's what fellowship is? Fellowship in the Greek means koinonia. The word koinonia in the Greek means to do life together. And I like doing life with the body of Christ. But now listen to me. If we're going to do all those things We need people who are willing to work. See, it took somebody planning up a camping trip. It took somebody bringing food and cooking it. It took somebody being a part and getting those kids together, coming out there and being faithful to that. Folks, listen to me. All that we do, every plan, every program takes work. Is it beneficial? Yes, but it takes work. Absolutely. What about at your workplace? Your job. Is it beneficial? You better believe it. I got up this morning and had food in the cupboard because I can go to work. When a man works, a man eats, praise the Lord. That's a gift from God. It's the Lord who gives me the ability to produce well, Deuteronomy 8.28. Praise the Lord. Thankful for my job. But I don't know about y'all, sometimes I get sick of my job. hear these people talk about if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I don't know about it. I don't know about it. I don't care what you do. Over time, it's going to get old to you. I've been doing what I'm doing now for about 24 years, and I'm going to tell you something. It got old to me. Sometimes it takes a lot of work just to get up and go. But it's beneficial to me. I can put shoes on them kids' feet, food on the table, keep the lights on, but I better go to work. Things that are beneficial to us usually take work. You sir, brothers, what's all that mean for us this morning? Where, 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 Where are you going with this? Well, There is something that is extremely beneficial to each and every one of you here this morning. But I'm I'm just going to warn you, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take some work. Should you do it? Yes. Let me tell you why. It's beneficial. Extremely beneficial to you and to others. This morning I want to talk to you about freely forgiving people. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse number 31. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 31 says, Let all bitterness, everybody say bitterness, and wrath, everybody say wrath, and anger, everybody say anger, and clamor, say clamor, and evil speaking, say evil speaking, be put away with you from you with all malice. Look at verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearting, Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. If you believe the Bible, say amen this morning. Let's pray. Father, we need you. We can do nothing without you. Give us the power to do what's beneficial, even though it's difficult, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Scripture is telling us here that we need to forgive others as Christ has freely forgiven others us. Why is that so hard? Well, I would say to you, if we don't forgive, like Ephesians 4.32 says, then we will practice what Ephesians 4.31 tells us not to practice. See, it says in 4.31 that it will be bitter, we'll have wrath and anger, there'll be clamor or disruption among the body, and evil speaking, all of that will be true in our lives if we choose to walk in unforgiveness. And I found that to to be true in my life. So really what the Apostle Paul is saying here, through the power of the Holy Spirit, let all these things that God's not pleased with be put away from you. And the way you do that is have a forgiving spirit. If you believe it, say amen. Have a forgiving spirit. Now, First of all, I want you to see the need for forgiveness because how many of you understand that the Bible says a whole lot about God's forgiveness to us and our forgiveness to to other people. Now, let me tell you what the Bible says here. Jesus spoke about it a whole lot. Just in two places I'm going to give, but he he spoke about it in many other places that you can look at through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 12, when Jesus is giving what we sometimes call the Lord's Prayer, but it wasn't really the Lord's Prayer, it was the disciples' prayer. It's the model prayer he gives for his followers. He says in Matthew 6 and verse number 12, and forgive us as we forgive forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. So what's he he saying there? When we're praying, we always need to have the mindset that we need forgiveness but we also offer forgiveness. Jesus himself said it. Also in Luke chapter number 17. Luke 17 verse number 3. Look how he puts this. This is one of my favorite verses. Underline this one. Put a star by it. Circle it. Do something. Write it down in your notes. We need to know this one. It says take heed to yourselves. How many of you know that it's important that we don't just hear the word of God, but we heed the word of God. Jesus is actually saying, do this, put this into practice in your life. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, what's it say? Forgive him. So Jesus commands us To forgive and forgiveness is needed not only because Jesus commands it, but forgiveness is needed because we live in an imperfect world filled with imperfect people. I wish I could tell you that nobody's ever going to say something that won't hurt your feelings, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that. I wish I could tell you that everybody's going to always do you right and never do you wrong, but I'd be lying if I said that. I wish I could tell you everybody's always going to agree with you and want it your way, but I would be lying if I said that. Why? Because I am different than you are. You are different than I am. I've got a different personality than you do. You've got a different personality than I do. You have likes that I don't have. You have dislikes that I don't understand. And so vice versa from me to you. I'm just trying to say because we are different and because we are imperfect, there is a need for forgiveness all around us. Anybody else sometimes suffer from the foot and mouth disease? Lord, have mercy. I have prayed about that. And the Lord has, Lord's helped me in it. But man, a lot of times it's very hard for me not to say what I'm thinking. And a lot of times I think my words completely bypass my mind and come straight out my mouth. And I say, Lord, please help me. A lot of times I need to listen twice as much as I talk. That's why the Bible says we've been given two ears and one mouth for a reason. Amen? (laughs) Oh, folks, listen. We need to forgive because Jesus said it. But there's a necessity for forgiveness because we live in an imperfect, sinful, fallen world. And people are going to hurt you. And people are going to do you wrong. But not only did Jesus tell us to forgive others. He didn't just say forgive. Jesus did forgive. That's what I love about Jesus. He never tells you to do something he's not willing to do. He says you ought to forgive others, but he makes it clear all throughout his word that he is in the business of forgiveness. Look in Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7. Watch what the Bible says right here. I love this. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Let me ask you something. Everybody say it loud. Say it proud if you believe it this morning. Who died for our sins and shed his blood? Everybody say it. It's, it, and so this verse is talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in Him whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Jesus doesn't tell us to forgive without Himself offering forgiveness and doing what's necessary through His finished work to make forgiveness possible. That's a good leader, isn't it? I can follow someone like that. When he's willing to do what he tells me to do, I follow that guy. Amen. Jesus is our example. He's our master. He's our Lord. And so if he forgives, we should forgive. If you believe it, say amen. Now this morning, what I want to do is give you three quick things from Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Listen fast and I'll talk fast and we're going to be done by 12 o'clock. Y'all believe it. If you believe it, say amen. I'm going to prove you wrong today. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 31. First of all, you see the reason, the reason for forgiveness. Look what it says. Ephesians 4. 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ's sake hath forgiven you. As Christ hath forgiven us, we are to forgive others. And so the Bible makes it plain, the reason we forgive is because we've been forgiven. Let me give you four quick sub-points right here. Now listen fast, and I'm going to go through them. You just write them down as we go through this. First of all, we forgive, the reason is we, listen to me now, forgive by grace for grace. As grace has been extended to us, we extend that grace to others. Amen? The grace factor is truly amazing. The Bible says even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us, how did the forgiveness of God come to us? By the grace of God. Through the finished work of Christ. Not that we deserved it. But oh, praise God, we sure needed it. And God loved us. And He said, listen, you may not deserve it, but I still love you. And I'm going to extend to you forgiveness. Listen, made possible through the shed blood of my one and only Son. What a blessing it is that God extended grace to us. We must extend grace to Others, now I don't know what you're thinking. Brothers, you don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they did not include me. You don't know how they left me out. You don't know how they did me wrong. You don't know how they stole from me. You don't know how they hurt me emotionally. You don't know how they hurt me physically. Lord, you don't, Brothers, you don't know what they've done, to me, and I don't, and I'm not making light of that. Listen, I know that hearts get broken. I know that people hurt people, but I also know that God is big enough to give grace to you, and then give you the grace to give it to others. That's what I want for you. That's what you need whether you realize it or not. Because I can promise you this. Two people are set free when you choose to forgive. The person you're forgiving and the one doing the forgiving. And we're going to look at that this morning. And how powerful that truly is. There was an evangelist years ago by the name of Sam Jones. Great preacher of the Word of God. Wrote many books. He says, I can never... I am never going to fall out with anybody until that person has did to me worse than I did to Jesus. Whew. What did we do to Jesus? <laughs> we put him on a cross. It was for my sin he died. And if I'd been the only one that was a sinner and needed saving, he'd have come die for me. Now I know people may have done you wrong. Has anybody put a crown of thorns on your head and beat you with a cat of nine tails? Put spikes through your wrist and through your feet and hung you on a cross? Has anybody done that to you? I like what Sam Jones says. I'm not going to fall out with anybody until they've done... Worse to me than I did to Jesus. That's, that's what Paul is saying right here. That we are to forgive others, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. We extend the grace that's been extended, we extend the grace that's been extended to us. We forgive by grace for grace's sake. Not only do we forgive by grace for grace, but we also forgive because of guilt. That we ourselves have. Amen. About broken relationships. About maybe some things that we have done wrong. Matthew uh, chapter number 6 and verses 14 through 15. Look what Jesus says right here. Very powerful, Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What a blessing. Jesus said, look, if you choose to forgive others, then God will certainly forgive you. Verse 15, but watch this, this is a warning. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When we withhold forgiveness from others, we burn the bridge that we ourselves must travel upon. You hear me? And and Jesus said, if you choose to withhold forgiveness, God will do the same for you. That is an amazing statement. Boy, that makes me want to offer forgiveness. How about you? The only way, the only reason I can't forgive others is if I were perfect myself. And since I'm not perfect, since I too am guilty, then I must, I must offer forgiveness to everyone else Jesus tells a story about this in Matthew chapter number 18 about the wicked servant who was forgiven by his master But when it came time for him to forgive others, he wouldn't do it I encourage you go back and read that Matthew chapter number 18. You'll find the story man to be very helpful I'm not going to do it this morning We don't have time to do so but because of our own guilt We are all guilty then we offer forgiveness to those who've done us wrong now Not only do we forgive by grace for grace and because of our own guilt but we also forgive, listen to me now, to be free from the grief, the grief that unforgiveness brings to us. And it does bring a tremendous amount of grief. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 15. Watch what this says. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Now, what he's talking about there is not only receiving the grace of God, But giving the grace of God, he said, "I want I want y'all to be careful to not fail in receiving or giving God's grace, lest any root of everybody say it springs up and trouble you. To be offended is actually to suffer loss. Jesus talks about when you're offended." Go to that brother, tell him about the offense, and if he repents, forgive. Let me tell you how we are offended or suffer loss. Sometimes we suffer loss because of the decisions and choices that we make. Amen? I've had people come and say, you know what, I'm going through this and this and this over here and I did this and I shouldn't have done that and I made this decision and all of this is happening now and then they say something like, I guess it's just all God's will and plan being fulfilled. God's got a plan in all this. And, I, and a lot of times I want to say God gets a whole lot of credit for a lot of things God don't do. I had a dear brother come and talk to me about how that he had chosen to commit adultery on his wife because he just knew that God had put this other woman on earth for him. The only problem was he wasn't married to that woman, he was married to his wife. And because of that decision that he made, his life was in a complete wreck. And he said, I guess God's got a plan. And I'm going to tell you what I had to tell him if I'm going to be honest with him. Brother, listen, it was never God's plan for you to commit adultery on your wife. You did that. But guess what? Your your actions, the decisions you make, have consequences. And the Bible says what you sow, you're going to reap. That wasn't God's plan. That was your plan. Now you are reaping the consequences of your plan. Now that may be hard to hear, but it's truth. we got to be careful what we do. It matters. And the Bible says, listen to me now, we, are, we, we experience guilt because of the offense we create. We, we We feel guilty with ourselves, and we're offended. But now listen, bitterness comes when someone else creates the offense and causes us to suffer loss. See, sometimes things happen that you have no control over. People do you wrong. People hurt you. People leave you out and don't include you. People make you feel like you're less than. People hurt you emotionally and physically. People hurt people. And when they do, you can get bitter if you don't offer forgiveness. But let me tell you something. Bitterness is like a weed that will grow up and choke the life out of you. So that all you see is hate. So that all you see is hurt. So that all you see is that which is negative and never that which is positive. So that, listen to me, it completely and totally steals the joy that you are supposed to have in Christ. All because of the bitterness against what someone else has done to you when you don't offer forgiveness freely. Amen? Amen? So he says, look, I'm writing this lest you fail to receive grace and give grace. Lest any root of bitterness springs up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Isn't it true that many are defiled with the root of bitterness? You said, Brother, well, how do you know? Because I've been bitter too. And I've made up my mind that I'm going to treat somebody else just like they treated me. There have been times when I've said, you know what? They did me wrong for the last time. That's it. They've talked about me for the last time. I'm done with them. And that root of bitterness begins to grow. And God begins to convict my heart. And God the Holy Spirit starts putting his finger on those things. And look, you need to get that right. And I have to get myself right. So I'm just telling you this because I've been there myself. Sometimes we're offended and we are have that guilt in our heart because of the things we did to ourselves, the decision choices we make. Sometimes we get bitter because of the decision choices that others make against us. Unforgiveness to ourselves or to others causes us great grief. I told you Wednesday night that for a long time, I dealt with guilt about my past sins. And forfeiting the plan and blessing of God for my life in many ways. And completely and totally turning my back on the Lord. Years ago, because I, and knowing what he wanted me to do. And I I came to the realization, you know what, God's forgiven me, but I've got to forgive me. I got to move on. Brothers and sisters, sometimes you've got to forgive you. And you've got to forgive others. And in doing so, you are freed from guilt and bitterness. If you believe it, say amen. Then he says this, watch. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 15. Moreover, if thy brother, brother, brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast, watch this now, gained a brother. So we forgive by grace for grace. We forgive because of the guilt we ourselves have. We forgive to be freed from the grief unforgiveness brings to our own personal life. But we also forgive, listen to me folks, so that we may gain... A relationship that would be lost if we don't forgive. If you are a child of God, you've placed faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin, and the blood of Christ has been applied to your heart and life, then the Bible says you are born again into God's family. Amen. You are. You're a child of the living God. Guess what? I've placed faith in Jesus. I've trusted in his finished work. I've by faith trusted in him for the forgiveness of my sin. And I've been born again into the family of God. And all of that happened because his blood that was shed for me Was applied to my heart and life by faith when I trusted in Him, and the blood of Christ was applied to your heart and faith um, when when you trusted in Him. Guess what that makes us? Blood kin. Brothers and sisters in Jesus, heirs to God and joint heirs with Christ. Now listen to me. I don't want to lose a brother because of bitterness, and I don't want to lose a sister because of bitterness. And I want to make sure that I extend grace that's been extended to me so that I might gain the relationship I would have lost. Amen? It's not easy, but it's beneficial. Does it take work? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. Forgive one another. You say, brother, how do I do it? I read something this week that I absolutely love. Sometimes when you forgive people, relationships can be mended. Sometimes they can't. I'll just be honest. I read something this week that really spoke to me, and it said, forgiveness is not just about mending relationship, but it's about relinquishing your will to hurt others because they hurt you. That's good. That's good. Sometimes relationships can be mended, and I hope that's true in every case. But at least what you can do in forgiveness is relinquish your will to hurt them because they hurt you, or to hurt them like they hurt you. So when you forgive, listen to me now, forgive freely, just as Jesus forgave us. Romans 3.24 says it like this, We are justified or made right in the eyes of God freely by His grace. A lot of times what we'll do when it's time to forgive someone, we'll say, well, I may forgive them, but they're going to pay for it for a little while. I'm going to make them feel bad about it. I'm going to bring it up every chance I get. Right? Anytime we talk about anything, I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to talk about it. And they're going to know just how bad they hurt me so they can hurt just a little bit uh, as bad as what they hurt me. And, 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 and instead of freely forgiving and letting it go, we hold on to that. Forgive freely. Let me say this. Forgive fully. Ain't that how Christ forgave you? He didn't pick and choose what he chose, what he wanted to forgive. He said, okay, now you have been made clean. You are justified. You are made right in the eyes of God because of my work, my forgiveness that I offered you freely by my grace. Forgive fully. Folks, forgive finally. It says in the book of Isaiah, that the sins we commit when we ask for forgiveness are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Had somebody asked me a question one time, they said, well, if God is all-knowing, then how can he forget? It's a good question. I believe this. God chooses to not remember. And to me, that's even more of a blessing. He knows what I've done, where I've been, the terrible decisions and choices that I've made. He knows how I've hurt others and hurt himself. He knows all that. But guess what? He chooses to not remember and hold those things against me. Forgive freely, fully, and finally, just as Christ has forgiven us. Amen? Amen? When I was a little boy, the church that we attended had a, a bell that you rang every Sunday. They'd ring it for Sunday school. When it was time for Sunday school to be over and for the worship service to begin, it was always our job as, you know, they took turns with the kids, letting them go out and ring that bell so that everybody knew Sunday school was over and it was time for the for the service to begin. And so we would go outside, man, we'd yank that rope, and that bell, you know, would swing in the... the, the uh, I don't know what it's called. The dinger, I guess, on the inside would, would go back and forth and hit the bell and it would ring. But guess what would happen? You, you could keep pulling that rope and as long as you pulled that rope, the bell would ring. But then when you let the rope go, it would ring for a little while, but then it would stop. What are you doing when you pull that rope? Well, you're, you're, you're letting everybody else know that you're pulling the rope and you're hearing the sound and the bell is ringing. When you turn the rope loose, it may ring for a few more times, but soon enough, that bell will become still and stop ringing altogether. Let me tell you what forgiveness really is, I believe it's letting go of the rope. I'm not going to keep ringing that bell. I'm not going to keep rehashing how somebody done me wrong and broke my heart. I'm not going to keep bringing it up in my mind or letting it come out of my mouth. Because what you, what you think and what you say means something. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Can you say amen? So I'm not going to keep ringing that bell. I'm going to let it go. And when you choose to let go of the rope, your emotions will soon follow. I've experienced that. Everybody your heads this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you for your many blessings. How good you are to me. Thank you that you have offered forgiveness to us so that we can offer forgiveness to others. Help us, Lord, to do just that by your power. In Christ's name, Amen. Twelve oh six. You okay? It's not too bad, is it? Six minutes off. I'll make it up next time. <laughs> um, a few announcements I need to make to you. First of all, remember no Sunday night small group tonight. No Wednesday night Bible study this week for Thanksgiving week. But we will meet back next Sunday morning for our regular Sunday morning time of worship. So come back and be a part of that, man. Invite somebody to come back with you. Go out this week and walk in thankfulness. Amen. Thanksgiving, folks, is thanks living. And so go out and live it out this week. And just let people know how good Jesus has been to you and you be good to somebody else. And man, enjoy that time together. And let me tell you this. Now, when you're sitting around that Thanksgiving table... Um, <laughs> just the other night, my, my son and my daughter and several of our kids here were in the elf play out at school. And, um, and, and the, one of the, and one of the scenes, the, the elf, the, the main character, he, um he's, he's uh, upset because he's gotten a fight with his family, and he talks to a lady about it, and he says, you know, this has happened to my family, and she's upset with me and don't like me, and, and all of the, we've been fighting like this and fighting like that, and, and I'll never forget what that woman said. It really spoke to this message, really. It said, um, she said, uh, that's what families do during the holidays. That's why we give Christmas presents to make it all up. <laughs> so, li- listen, you're going to sit with some people across the Thanksgiving table, that you may need to offer some forgiveness to this week. Do that. Do that while you still have time to do it. Move on. Let it go. Enjoy that time with your family and love one another. I promise you that'll be more of a blessing to you than anything else. So remember those things this week as you enjoy this holiday season. I love you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Have you enjoyed being in the house of God? Man, I've enjoyed being with you today. God's good, isn't he? If there's nothing else this morning, yes.